Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it. If you can, leave us a review. It really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out. Definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Hey, hey, what's cracking everybody? So I got another exciting episode with the Life of a Fighter podcast, episode number 30. And today's topic, we're going to kind of just build some momentum off of what we were talking about last episode with fluid balancing, um, a lot of the athletic topics we were talking about, and some of the a lot of benefits that we were talking about uh, transitioning over into our energy, metabolism, and transfer of energy. Okay, and again, what what does that mean? What are we talking about? So specifically, what I want to talk about and what we're really going to dive into is how our body metabolizes the nutrients that we're taking, in, specifically macronutrients. Again, we're talking about fats, carbs, and proteins. What's happening? When we're making energy, what's happening when we're training, whether we're an athlete, whether we're just you know someone that's in the gym working out for fitness reasons, and why is all of this important? Where does the timing come into play and all that fun stuff? Okay, Before we go into all that, I just want you guys to know what I'm going to start to do now more and more is have more show notes so that if you guys have questions on what we're talking about, I can go into more detail in the show notes and we can have a little bit more implemented strategies in there. So if you guys want to access that, you want to hear a little bit more, um, if you're listening on your phone, you can just go right to our website, go to the podcast. Underneath, we're going to have a little link and a window pop up where you can put in your email and your name. We'll email you the show notes. Boom, there you go. And if you have any questions, just comment or go on our social media and I'll help you guys out there. But we're trying to make it as easy as possible for you guys. So again, if you're on the website, on our regular computer, it's simple. You're seeing it on the podcast on lifeofafighter.com, on our blog, under the podcast section. Right underneath, you're going to see a window pop up, or there should be a window that pops up, but right underneath the podcast itself, there should be a little uh, space for you to put in your email and your name. If you're on your phone, again, go to our website. If you're listening on iTunes, you can go over to the website, lifeofafighter.com forward slash blog. Go over to our podcast category and then bam, click on whichever episode, whichever show notes you want to hear. And honestly, if you just subscribe to our newsletter, you can just email us on there or just email me at info at lifeofafighter.com. Maybe that's the easiest way for you guys. Don't even go through all that subscribing stuff if you don't want to. Just email us at info at lifeofafighter.com. Ask for show notes. I'll drop it in for you guys. Okay, so um, before I digress into the whole tangent of how to navigate the website, which we're also working on just to make it constantly easier for you guys to navigate, especially for our users and those of you that don't know, you can actually subscribe for a free and or paid um, user account with lifeofafighter.com that you'll get different levels of access to content and memberships and all that fun stuff, but whole nother story for a whole nother day. So again, we're talking about energy transfer and metabolism okay so what ends up happening is we're going to specifically today look at three 
basic pathways or three basic systems that our body uses to create energy so that we can, whether it's move, weight train, run, or any variation in between, whether it's sitting at a desk, getting up, talking, standing, breathing, all that fun stuff. Okay, but first let's look at where, where we're kind of coming from and we're looking at nutrient delivery. So first we're going to assume you're actually eating food, which hopefully all of you are. And if not, we have a bigger problem to talk about, but we'll save that for another day. So we're assuming that we're eating foods, whether it's we're looking at the carbs, fats, and proteins, our macronutrients, or we're looking at the vitamins and minerals, the micronutrients in those foods. And what's going to happen is your body's going to break that down. It's going to metabolize it. I'm not going to go into the specific details of what's happening in your gut. Actually, we have tons of great content with that with our clinical nutritionist, Mike Kuhn, who has his own company, Paleo and Primal uh, Nutritional Long Island. We work with him a lot. We do some fun stuff with him. We have a new video series up with him, and you guys can check him out or go on our website and other stuff that we have for that. But we're going to automatically assume and jump a couple spaces too. Once the body has already digested the food, it's broken down the different nutrients, the carbs, the fats, the proteins, the different vitamins and minerals. It's already had that broken down. Where are they going to go and where do they come into play? So first, we're going to look at what's coming into play. We're going to look at oxygen. So oxidation is used for energy production. Okay, so when you think of oxidation and oxygen, we're thinking of cardio, right? Cardiovascular system, running, all that fun stuff. But it's also going to come into play, even though anaerobic exercise, meaning lack of oxygen, when we're talking about weight training, there's still an oxygen factor that comes into play for energy use. Okay, and you'll see that in some of the systems that we're going to talk about. But again, I don't want to confuse you guys too much. Just wanted to cover that a little bit. Okay, so we're taking these nutrients and we're actually going to use them, whether it's to create energy, but we're also going to use them to build structures in the body, whether it's producing new cells, whether it's muscle cells, you know, amino acids, those are going to build, be the building blocks of protein, which is the building block of muscle, whether we're talking about brain cells, we're talking about skin cells, uh, you know, digestion, so all these different things that our body's composed of. That's literally where the saying, you are what you eat, comes from. You're literally breaking down all the nutrients and enzymes and the foods you're eating, and it's reproducing cells in your body. All right, so that's a really important basic concept, but very important to understand. Okay, so we talked about the energy demand. We talk about the transformation of it being into the structure of the cells. So those are two options. The third option is you're either going to excrete and eliminate it or utilize it. So again, we're going to use it for the first two options or your body's actually going to get rid of it. That's again where the excretion process comes into play and that's going to happen as well. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to, and this will be another conversation for another day, is use as much of those nutrients as we can from taking them in. And again, that's another conversation for another day that we'll, we'll get Mike Kuhn back on here and we'll talk more about that because there's so much importance that's happening in the gut and the microbiome and the bacteria and the digestion process that he loves. He's a specialist in, in my opinion, and that's something we can go into with him. But again, we're assuming a couple steps have already happened. We're assuming we've taken in these nutrients and we're assuming some things are already in our body. Okay. So this is a really important thing that I, I wanted to just kind of bring up. The basic law of thermodynamics, one of the most important things to understand in our body, is that we're not actually creating energy. So this is a concept that you might even hear me say we're creating energy, but really the idea is we're transferring energy, right? If anyone's ever taken physics or any kind of course related to it in any kind of science class, you've heard this idea of laws of thermodynamics where energy is neither created nor destroyed. It's just transferred from one thing to another. 
And that's all we're doing in our body. We're transferring energy from the foods we've eaten either into our body or we're transferring it and screening it out. Okay, so ideally we're going to try and use as much of that energy as we can. All right, so let's look at the first system. Okay, and the first system is our ATP. Someone somewhere, you guys have probably heard ATP. They've brought it up to you, whether it's a trainer or a supplement company, or you've seen it in your pre workout, or somehow you've heard of it. Okay, ATP. PCR system, okay? That's the quickest source of energy that we have. And that's going to be about movements for 10 seconds, extremely explosive, quick movements. So think of the initial burst of a sprint. Think of that initial lift for a power lifter, that initial strike for a boxer, that first jab. Okay, the problem with this system is that it's a very short lived system. Again, it's about 10 seconds. And that the amount of stored ATP we have in our bodies may be 80 to 100 grams. And again, that's going to run out very quickly. And for our body to store more than that is just not really feasible the way we're set up. So our body's going to constantly need to reproduce it. And that takes a bit of time. And we need to be able to recharge that. And that's where, again, the oxygen's coming into play. So we need an oxidative state. So whether it is anaerobic, we still need oxygen coming in. And if we don't have it in place, because again, we're talking about anaerobic activities, weightlifting, we're not breathing enough, it's not at that right place, a cardiovascular system's not taking in enough oxygen. We're going to look at the glycogen pathway or the glycolytic system, glycolytic pathway. And glycolytic is breakdown of glucose, sugars, carbohydrates. That's where carbs come into play. Okay, And this is a kind of a tricky topic because there's ways to manipulate these systems and there's a lot of talk about i'm sure you guys have heard the you know ketogenic or the the uh high fat high protein low carb strategy the atkins was really famous for it with their own different approach and that's where it gets a little tricky again with the science but we're going to leave that for a little bit later in the conversation but again the glycolytic pathway is the breakdown of sugar in our body we're using it for energy now this system's a little bit better this will last us up to about 90 seconds so a minute and a half of energy So it's after we run out of that first 10 seconds or the first 100 grams of stored ATP, we're going to rely on this glycolytic system to use the sugars in our body to fuel whatever activities we're doing. Now, the important thing to understand that I didn't even get to touch on before is that we automatically will think, and this is a common concept, is we're going to assume our body's nutrients are going to be preferred from what's most recently taken in. So if you had a meal at 12 o'clock, we're assuming, oh, well, that's the first thing my body's going to use to work out. It's not necessarily the case. A majority of the nutrients we're using are actually stored nutrients from anywhere prior to the earlier meal or the most recent meal, so maybe six hours prior to days prior to weeks prior, Okay, depending on what the nutrient is what our diet is and all that fun stuff. So just because, let's say, you had a bagel in your last meal, it doesn't mean that those carbs are going to be exactly utilized during your workout. It depends on what we're doing and it depends on the metabolism process. It depends on what else you've had in your body. Do you have glycogen storages? And for the most part, everyone's going to have about 500 to 700 grams of glycogen stored up in their body if they're at a normal level, they're maintaining regular homeostasis and they're not going through any kind of maybe extreme weight cut or severe, you know, carb depletion phase or anything like that. For the most part, we should have 
500 to 700 grams of carbs stored up and your body's going to pull from that first before it even goes into let's say that bagel that we had or um, uh, let's say a healthier source like uh, vegetables or fruits or um, maybe a sweet potato something like that our body's going to pull from the actual muscle glycogen it has the liver glycogen it has and then it'll start to get into the diets you've had from that day Okay, so what's happening again in this second phase is again, it's 90 seconds or up to about 90 seconds. It could be anywhere from, you know, 12 seconds to all the way 90 seconds. And again, the body's going to utilize that sugar because it's ran out of ATP. And that's going to what it's going to use to make more of that ATP to recharge it. Now, after that 90 seconds, we're more than likely going to run out of the stored glycogen or potentially start to tax that system too much where lactic acid is going to start to build up the acidity in the muscle besides lactic acid because your body is actually meant to handle that with peruvic acid and this process called the Krebs cycle. And that's where, again, we start to shift after those 90 seconds, we shift into the oxidative uh, state. And that's where the oxidative phosphorylytic pathway is going to kick in. And this is, again, two different systems coming in, the Krebs cycle and the electron transfer, uh, sorry, electron transport a chain is going to kick in. Okay. And that's after we've burned through the first two systems. So any real activity after 90 seconds is going to be relying mostly on the oxidative pathway. Again, oxidative, that's our oxygen is being utilized as an energy transfer. And this is because, again, a byproduct of running the first two systems is going to be lactic acid buildup and some acidity in those muscles. And that's where the intensity of your workout's not really going to be able to be sustained. So if you guys try sprinting or powerlifting or any kind of really exerting energy, you're going to notice at that 90 second marker, you can't work at the same pace. I don't care who you are, what you're doing. At that point, there's going to be a little bit of a transition. doesn't mean it's not maintainable at a high level. It just means you're not going to be able to keep the exact same intensity. Okay. Now, there are ways that we can train around this and there are ways we can manipulate the system. And that's what some of the best performance coaches and athletes and trainers and fitness people and everyone in the industry are trying to manipulate and take advantage of. But for the most part, this is the basic structure of it. And that's again where you're slowing down after 90 seconds. So you're thinking of maybe more long distance things and even fighters. Let's take a, we're always going to go back to fighting because that's one of our main markets here and one of the main things that we're reaching. Fighters, after that first two minute, again, we think adrenaline dump. That's a real thing as well. Excuse me. But we're also talking about our body switching over energy systems and it's relying on the oxidative system instead of the glycogen system, okay? And when we talk about the Krebs cycle, this is also something that, you know, we can even dive into to Mike Kuhn a little bit more with because that's where he has one of his bigger specialties besides the gut health and microbiome is also understanding the body's system of the Krebs cycle, utilizing that system, taking advantage of it so that we can increase fat intake and kind of take down glucose and glycogen uh, carb intake and just change how your body's structured, working with its energy levels and all that fun stuff, okay? And that's a whole nother, again, we'll dive into that a little bit more in a little bit. But again, the oxidative state, Krebs cycle comes in, electron uh, chain transport or transport chains kicking in, oxygen has to come in intensity is going to slow down. And that's why, in my opinion, from A, just the way the body works 
and the way the systems are set up, but also some of the data I've seen from the NIH and doing a lot of these meta-analyses on performance. And there's also different studies that can argue different things. But what I'm specifically talking about is immediate, explosive, intense energy. I'm not a big fan of just relying on fats and uh, protein by itself because even though, yes, we have this Krebs cycle, which allows the body to utilize the oxidative system as opposed to the glycogen system. We don't need to rely on carbs. It's still not the main system. It's not meant to be relied upon as the main system. It's meant to really be more of that slow, long-term, even a slow-twitch muscle fiber firing system. And it can last for a much longer period of time. It can take a longer workload. It could run a marathon, half marathon, long-distance endurance, but the explosive energy won't be there as efficiently. And that's a big argument I hear from, let's say, a Mark Sisson or Rob Wolf or when I talk to Mike. They bring up great points of the body can operate without carbohydrates and can rely on these systems, but is it meant to? And if we select the right kind of carbs and we complement the glycolytic pathway – It'll actually be more efficient at doing explosive, fast twitch muscle firing. That's where we need to understand, okay, yes, carbs aren't necessarily the enemy, but there's a complement to it and there's a balance to it. And I'm not saying fats aren't great and protein isn't great and all those other benefits. Those are all great as well. And I'm not saying that even Mike, he's still an advocate of vegetables and having good carbs and implementing that in Rob Wolf and Mark Sisson. But there's extremes that we can go to that I don't know are necessarily always the best for every single sport. For endurance athletes, it makes a lot of sense because then you're kind of turning your body over and relying on your fat storages and fat for energy, which you have so much of. And it's a more actually efficient way of doing it because you get the most bang for your buck from fat for energy because one gram of fat is going to be about nine, eight, nine calories versus one gram of carbs is going to be about four. So you don't need to eat as much to get the same energy. But that's, again, a whole other perspective. But the main concept here is, at least for what I want you guys to get, is 10 seconds is going to be ATP. We have that stored. You don't have to worry about that. The next 90 seconds is going to be the glycolytic pathway. That's sugar and that's carbohydrates. Then the next one after that, after 90 seconds of activity, you're relying on the oxidative system. That's where you're going to start to pull from your fat storages. That's where you've already burnt out some of the sugars in your body. Now you're not going to really be able to perform at the same intensity level. Now all of this is assuming continuous activity. If you only work for 10 seconds and then you can rest and recover, your body will recharge its ATP levels and then you can go again for another 10 seconds. Now the recovery period, that's where it starts to get a little trickier. That's where the body can be manipulated. And you say, all right, maybe I need to rest for two minutes now. But over a period of time, you could train your body to play with that window, okay? And I don't want to, that's a different scope of a whole nother conversation we can go into of how long that rest period needs to be, how we can manipulate that, how short can we get that window down to? And that's again, where fighters and athletes we talk about, okay, yes, we're going to use ATP and then we're going to train the glycolytic pathway and saying, okay, maybe recovery is going to be a little faster. And that's where, again, we can look at going to that ketogenic state where your body's relying on ketones, and relying on this oxidative state, this Krebs cycle state to use energy as opposed to sugars and carbs. But again, from what the the pathways show and the science shows behind that is it's still not as efficient and the intensity levels aren't there. And I'm not just basing it off of what we know for our body, but I'm basing it off of, again, when we look at the National Institute of Health, when you look up interval training, hit training, or strength conditioning performance levels. And we look at not just a one-time max rep effort. When we look at 
numerous times over for a 30 to 60 second window of intensity, who's able to perform better? And what it shows is that glycolytic pathway is the best performer, not the oxidative but the glycolytic pathway. Okay, so that's talking about the carb system. And again, we can really dive into a whole bunch more stuff with that. I don't want to go too crazy with that. I just wanted to bring that up and kind of cover it a little bit. And again, if you guys want more on that, I'm telling you, download the show notes. We dive into a little bit more and I can kind of give you a little more example in there. All right, so let's talk about, kind of wrap this up with the different pathways. Okay, so we talked about carbs talked about fats, but I didn't really get to touch on protein too much because the interesting thing about protein, I love having protein in the diet, not only for the amino acid benefit, because again, amino acids are what's actually making up muscle tissue. So if you don't have enough amino acids in your diet, you're not actually able to build more muscle. You can have all the nutrients you want. You can have vitamins and minerals. You can have the carbs. You can even have the fats. But if you don't have enough amino acids in the protein, you're not going to be able to repair the muscle tissue. And it's not just amino acids for muscle repair. We're also talking about amino acids that play key roles in energy production, in uh, brain repair, in brain cell production, in skin tissue, in all these other uh, benefits in the body that we need amino acids for. It's not just pure muscle for show or athletics. It's other benefits that are going to kick into play that we really need to have them coming in for. Okay, so... The three main things that's going to happen with protein, excuse me, is they're either going to be able to be broken down into amino acids and use that as almost like a pool that we're going to pull from to build muscle, or we can actually utilize that protein, in, let's say an extreme case where we don't have enough fats, we don't have enough carbs coming in, your body's like, shit, we ran out of glycogen, uh, we don't have enough energy, but hey, we got some muscle or we have protein coming in from our dietary needs. We're going to use that for energy and it's going to catabolize those amino acids and turn it into energy going through a, another system. And that's really not the best case scenario because if your body is using protein for energy, A, that's a costly system. It's a costly effort and you're running the risk of your body actually breaking down its own muscle tissue to do that. Because especially if you're not eating enough fats and carbs, you're probably not eating a lot of protein either. If you are, let's say you're eating a high protein diet, not really eating anything else, Short term, it's possible because again, your body can run on the protein that you're eating, but eventually, long term, your body is very adaptive, it's very smart, and it's going to start to run the risk of potentially breaking down muscle tissue that you've worked hard for, that you've built because of this endangered state, quote unquote, this endangered state. I'm quoting that, that statement because. Again, the evolutionary perspective would be that your body thinks you're starving. It's going to that starvation mode or this evolutionary default um, mode where it's going to protect itself. And guess what? If you have less muscle tissue, you can't burn as much energy. If you can't burn as much energy, you're running more efficiently so your body doesn't have to potentially break itself down as much. It's a protection mode. Okay, But again, that's an extreme example. So that's two of the three paths. And the third one is, again, you can just excrete protein out. So that's a benefit too because I like to have protein in the diet as a satiating thing, meaning you're going to feel more full because it is very hard for your body to turn protein into fat. It's really, really challenging. I, I, I almost say it's impossible. It's not impossible, but I challenge clients to try and take in more protein because as long as you're feeding your body enough carbs and fats to the point where it's not going into a quote-unquote starvation mode, 
and you're just doing it more for the satiating feeling. Obviously, there's extremes where we can also eat way too much protein and we can tax the kidneys and the organs and that's a whole other thing that we can dive into. But for the most part, if you add protein into your diet, it's going to really help you feel full, get leaner, and really not put too much damage and strain on the rest of your body. Okay, so that's the protein side of it, just so that we have that covered. Now let's dive a little bit more back into the carbs and the fats, because this is where it gets fun. You have five major carbohydrate metabolic pathways, and then we have six major fat metabolic pathways. And I'm not going to go into each individual one's on the podcast, those will be in the show notes. We'll cover that a little bit more. So if you guys want to see that, check it out. But I want you guys to understand that there's a lot of options that we have when fats and proteins are coming, uh, fat and carbs are coming in. So that's why they're important too, because it's easy for the body to implement them as far as breaking them down as nutrients and then using them in our metabolism for energy or for other nutrient processes that we have. So not just the macronutrient side, carbs and fats, but when we're taking in carbs and fats, there's other vitamins and minerals that are coming in with them. Some vitamins and minerals are fat soluble, meaning we need fat as part of that process, and some are water soluble, meaning we need water to be there as part of that process. So that's another really important concept that we dive into a little bit with our micronutrient cheat sheet. That if you look that up on the blog, it's one of our more popular articles. We talk about a high number of all the micronutrients that we have. We don't cover all of them, but we cover the really important ones, the water-soluble ones, the fat-soluble ones, some of the benefits, like L-cardinine has a lot of benefits. It's an amino acid um, or vitamin C, I should say, that has a process involved with L-cardinine. And L-cardinine is related to metabolism benefits where it helps process, again, fats and carbs, and it helps our body go through uh, its fat burning process and utilizing these carbs and fats as energy as opposed to storing them, okay? And by having vitamin C in your diet, you enable your body to produce L-carnine and utilize the L-carnine you're taking in and put it to where it needs to go and all that fun stuff. And again, that gets really, really more in-depth and that's a little bit more in-depth than I want the scope of this podcast to go. But I just wanted to cover a little bit on there's more ways to implement carbs and fats with these pathways than A, protein, like we discussed. And there's way more benefit than just the energy side as far as calorie goes. There's vitamins and minerals are coming in with them. All right, guys. So I hope this was helpful. I just wanted to touch on, again, the energy side of it, the metabolic benefit side of it, what our body's actually using when we're exercising, okay, whether it's we're running, whether we're lifting whether we're doing a variation of both of those things or we're just sitting at the office. Again, you're going to use some form of system for energy. And it's important to understand what's happening, what your body's using for those different uh, movement patterns and activities and where all this is coming from. So I hope you guys got something from this. Please feel free to reach out with questions, whether it's at our email, go on our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash life of a fighter, leave comments, leave reviews. We really appreciate the support, guys. I can't thank you enough for all the likes that we have, for the five-star reviews that we get, the interaction on our Instagram, at the life of a fighter, on Twitter, at life of a fighter. Um, I can't thank you guys enough. It's been an awesome experience. We hope to keep going more. If you guys have ideas for future episodes, just let us know. And we'll get it out there and we'll get it going. I think either on the next podcast or on the following, we're going to have uh, pro boxer Mike Stipe come back on because he's fighting in August. 
So we're going to do some uh, convos with him. I think we're going to look to have a couple other fighters that have some big things coming up in the works. I think I'm going to probably do another episode just talking about me fighting and making my return to the ring in September. That's a whole fun story, and hopefully it'll be at Madison Square Garden. Just waiting to hear on the date. I think it's going to be with Take On Productions. Waiting on an opponent, waiting on a date. Might be with Lou Neglia's Combat at the Capitale, which is a different event, different venue. Trying to figure out the strategies with uh, Coach Tony Flores. He's another one we're going to have on a future episode coming up this summer. we got to get Kyle back on the podcast. We have so many guests coming in. And then we have Steve the Naked Ninja Nichols, who's going to be coming in from Mexico. Finally, he's been in Mexico for like the last year. One of our pro fighters that fights for Ring of Combat that uh, we've been working with. Um, So we got a lot of fun stuff coming up, guys. Stay tuned, and I will check you next time. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization. And we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free. And that is it, y'all. See you on the next one.